The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. All right, I'm pretty sure we're rolling. Okay, where where's our $100 million deal? <laughs> Um, yeah, this we signed a contract with um with Apple for this with Beats One. Shout out Zane Lowe. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. no, but pretty low key, but yeah. yeah, but um for everybody listening out there or whenever you're listening to this, it's weird talking into this talking <coughs> to the talking to the future. But um, my name is Connor Burnett. You might know me as Midnight Jaguar. I'm with my friend Kevin here. He goes by Wonderlust. Um, super talented producer. I found him when I first started making music. I believe in 2015. Um, uh, when no, I was... that's that might be a little early. No, I dude. I it was 20. You didn't know me at that time. Uh, like you knew you. I just reached out to you through email. Like I was, yeah. Look this up right now. It was either 2015 or 2016 because it was it was before, like you knew I was friends with Ian Um, and all that stuff. Like because I just found a beat of yours, and I really liked it. And it was when I was first starting making music, and I was like, "Hey, man, um, I, (laughs) I I probably was asking for a free beat, knowing knowing me back then." Did you say you knew Ian? No, I just like was like, I really liked. Oh, I asked you how much it costs for a custom beat. That's what I asked you. <laughs> yeah, and um, that was like the first time I ever really um, like interacted <laughs> with you. And then you started working with Ian, and I was like, hey, like I know that guy. His beat, I I always use his beat. Wait, on that YouTube. was a coincidence. Yes. Oh my god! I didn't know that. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a, it like I was listening and using your beats like when I was like I was terrible. It was before I was even singing. Like that's how, like it was when I was just messing around in high school, probably like junior year. So it was probably 2015 going on 2016. I'm I I see. You sent me a song called Hypno, version one. That, yeah, that that was after, because I hit you up before that. Oh, okay. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, it, it was a while ago, but um, no, that's basically how 
I found you was YouTube, and I don't know if I already said this two minutes ago, but yeah, basically Kevin is super good producer, and I think people would probably know him best for running into his beats on YouTube because he cranks yeah, them out like that's, that's nobody's business. I haven't, I haven't uploaded one in like um, a week, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's also got some pretty pretty good placements but i don't i don't want to get all into that not like um in a weird way but i kind of want to make it about you instead of you you know when people like start trying to talk to you about other people like they sound like they're complimenting you but they're really just trying to talk about like yeah yeah i don't want to do that but (laughs) yeah but uh, that's no disrespect to people you've worked with, but my main point for starting this podcast was kind of, um, for me, as I, I was saying to Kevin earlier before we started, is as an artist, with myself at least, I feel like I'm always talking about myself. Like on Instagram, I'm always self-promoting, and when I'm writing songs, they're either about me or people around me, and it just starts to feel so isolated and only about me. So with this podcast is kind of a way for me to break out of that and just talk to people about themselves and just have a natural conversation without without all the um awkwardness that goes on on social media I guess when you're trying to talk to people through social media. Yeah. Um, but I guess to just kind of start with I, I wouldn't say this is an interview, but my first question would be like, what? When was the first time you started making music, and like the legitimate first time you started making music? Like, when did you know, and when was your first beat like ever made where you took it seriously? I remember I was at my friend's house in fourth grade, and I didn't know what GarageBand was because like my family didn't have any like Mac computers, and there's no. I'm pretty sure there's no like default music program for Windows. And my friend was making like a song in GarageBand. I was like, what is that? Like, that's so cool. Like you're making your own song. Like I want this. And um, like I messed around with it and I thought it was really cool. I was just messing around with loops. And then that summer, like I told my mom, I wanted like, I, I wanted like a Mac laptop so I can get GarageBand because that that was the only program I thought existed, you know. Yes, yes. So then she like sent me to this camp. <laughs> Doesn't sound right, but she she sent me to this like music camp, like not against my will. I wanted oh, to okay. go. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> like she was like, "Shut up! You're not getting a Mac. You're going to camp." <laughs> yeah. She she sent me to this camp where it wasn't I still don't know the program, but it was a different program. And then like I like continued to fall in love with just like making music like on computers and stuff. Because I didn't know how to play any instruments and or like, mm-hmm. you know, had access to a music studio. Obviously, I was like ten years old. And I was like, Wow, this is so cool. So then like after that, I was like in sixth grade. I was I was looking up online like the best music programs for Windows, and I came across FL Studio, and it actually took me like a year before I learned how to export a beat. Before then, I was playing with the demo version, and um, and yeah. So then I 
finally exported a beat. And I'm pretty sure I was a big Tyler the Creator fan in seventh grade. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was some like like bastard type beat, something like that. It it sounded weird as fuck. I wish I could I wish I could have it, but it's like I, buried in some laptop. I think that's why I originally like got into your beats was because at the time when I was first starting music, I was like a Tyler the Creator wannabe rapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I came across one of your beats and it reminded me of the Yonkers beat. And I wonder what beat it is. We gotta find that out. Yeah. It I I deleted all my emails recently because I ran out of storage on my computer and it said my emails were taking up 14 gigabytes of space. Damn. <laughs> so, so I know. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I thought that was hosted on the internet, but I guess not. Yeah, I, but, I uh, that shit every month. Yeah, it's, it's terrible, but I deleted them all. So now... Oh, wait, no, I didn't delete the messages I sent, though. Only my receipts, so I might be able to find what I sent. Because I, I know it was probably still this email. I wonder but, if it was a Tyler Creator type beat. <laughs> who, it, at the time, knowing me, when I first started making music, it was either Tyler the Creator type beat, Travis Scott type beat, Kid Cudi type beat, or um, what was the other one? I was super... Oh, probably Post Malone. Probably definitely Post Malone. It's crazy thinking that now, like the way it, yeah, like the way my, like the stuff I listen to now, it's like, I still love that stuff because like, I don't, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know how people can't just like, I get why people can't listen to it all the time, I guess. It's not like a shot at anybody, but, um, I don't know how people, like, you know how some people will be like, I'm not fucking listening to Post Malone. And I'm like. I know for a fact, like, it's not bad. You just are saying that because you don't want to admit that, that you was like some mainstream stuff. That was me in huh? 2016. I'm exposing myself. That was me in 2016. It's, it's okay. I, I, went through, I, went, I went through the same phase. Like, one, after I got into music, I was like, I was super <laughs> anti-mainstream. And then I'm, I luckily broke out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like like anyone who's like a big music fan like will go through that you know like yeah. they look at like the the quote-unquote normies that like what they're listening to and they think if they enjoy that they don't have like you know a sophisticated music palette but that yeah. that's not true like you can like anything you want you know like it doesn't make yeah, you like I, less of a person exactly i wish i knew that when i was younger like because now for me like when i turn on say like any mainstream song. What are you doing? Mom, he's not in my room. <laughs> Excuse. My mom was looking for the dog in my room. I, I was confused. She just randomly burst into my room, snapping her fingers. I'm like, what in the world is she doing? <laughs> but, um, no, for me, Post Malone music now, when it comes on, I just admire how good he is at making melodies that anybody can get like their ear just adjusts to him so easy that's hard to do as an artist i'm in the middle of a podcast (laughs) please (laughs) 
that's so I feel like a 10 year old on the Xbox. <laughs> mom, mom, please, no. Um, no, but yeah, Post Malone's like definitely one of the best people at writing melodies. Yeah. Um, but uh, what did you do? Like going back to what we were talking about originally, the first question, what did you do at that camp? Like, what did they teach you? Hey, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I ordered pizza and the guy called me. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but what I do in that camp? So it was um, it was basically like, like, like it wasn't just like kids that like wanted to make music. It was just like I don't know, kids that were just, I guess, like interested in music. Like they, the um, the counselors of it, they made us like uh lip sync to um a smash smash mouth song and i was, wasn't interested in that and i told him that i was like hey can you just like can i just like keep working on music on the computer because i don't want to do that yeah yeah and then like that's weird all, yeah also after that though like i didn't start getting into to um rap music until i was like until I was like 10 years old like before that like I know that sounded like that it's still really early but like I started mm-hmm. like heavily listening to music like like when I was like six like on like wow. an iPod shuffle like I, I was heavily into ACDC like at, at like six really six or seven year old yeah like I I can name every song by them heavily the Led Zeppelin Van Halen all them do you find yourself still going back to that or has your palate changed since then? Like, the Oh no, I, no, I still, I, I still really like them. It's just like with rap music, that like that genre, like I feel like, I don't know. It gives me a different feeling from everything else. You know? Yeah. I, so, I, yeah. I have to, like, I agree. I remember the first, um, well, I was kind of like you as a kid, like when I was like probably like five up until like probably probably ten as well. Now that I think of it, I was listening to kind of just what was in my environment, and my dad was really into rock music as well. So it was like all those bands you were naming, like Led Zeppelin, AC/DC, um, The Smiths, uh, The Beatles. Yep. Um, That's where my dad introduced. Yeah. And I loved all of it. Like I was super into it. I didn't know what any of the songs meant. I just I just knew I liked the feeling of it. But um I remember my um my stepsister had she had one of the first iPods. Like the the really thick ones. You remember those? Yeah. Those were yeah, shit. Exactly. Yeah, I remember seeing her have it and she could get all like whatever song she wanted there like she could listen whenever she wanted and at the time as a kid like the idea of being able to listen to something whenever you want like blew my mind because whenever like a song would come on the radio that i liked it was such a treat because at the time we didn't have all the technology we have now to listen to whatever you want to whenever it was just like you have to f- like be listening to the radio at the right moment when that song comes on during the rotation. Yeah. It was a, oh my god. Let me tell you about a moment with that. So speaking of rap music, so like I I wasn't like 
heavily into rap yet, but I did like Eminem, of course. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a suburban white kid. <laughs> I and, think everybody liked Eminem. Well, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. But that was like um, the only guy I really knew about, like that I was like, oh, like yeah, he has that one song without me that's so good, and like I would like. My my mom would like drive around like I would like hope that song came on the radio because it would get me so excited. Yeah, it it was the best feeling. It was the best feeling. And then like seeing the iPod with all whatever songs you wanted blew my mind. And I remember I would come into her room all the time asking to use her iPod so I could listen because I was influenced by whatever like my step siblings were listening to too Mm because they were like. They were like the big kids, so I was like, "Wow, this is what they listen to. I have to like this too." And it was like, it was during that um, early two thousands like emo scene. So it was like My Chemical Romance, Avril Lavigne, even yeah. like Kelly Clarkson's like kind of more emo indie stuff that I forgot about till I listened to the other day. That's what I was listening to. Yeah, I never was really into that. Like, as a kid, I don't know why. Right? Like, now, though, like I listen to it, and I started listening to it ironically because I, I didn't like the music. I don't know. But then I found myself just, like, listening to it unironically. I'm like, oh, wait, maybe I actually like this. But, like, since, like, my dad and parents, like, just weren't into that music, I was never really introduced to it, and I bet if I had older siblings, that would change, you know? Yeah, no, it it's crazy, like, um, sorry, my dog just broke into my room. Everybody's breaking into my room right when I do the recording with this mic, and he's like, I don't know, can you hear him panting next to the mic? Yeah, put him <laughs> next to the mic, see if you got anything to say. Privet, come here, come here. What's his favorite Kanye album? Um, see, he he's one of those type of guys that would probably say like, probably my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. He likes to play it safe, you know. Great album still, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm, that's like that's so funny because everyone yeah. says that, you know, like yeah, I think it's a good album, but I feel like the people that say that only say it because like. They think that's like the same. They're playing it safe. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, it, oh, it's a favorite like... song. And they're like, power. <laughs> All of the lights. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what's, um, like, do you remember? This is super specific, but do you remember? For me, Kanye is such an s- important person. He's my favorite artist I, ever. Yeah. He's such an important person to me. I don't care what anybody says. You can't change my mind. And um, my first experience listening to Kanye was when I got my first iTunes gift card for hmm. my iPod my iPod shuffle. Yeah. Or no, it, was, it wasn't a shuffle. It was the Nano. And um, I, I got my iTunes gift card, and it was $25. And at the time, I think albums Damn. were like, yeah, albums at the time were like 10 bucks. Yeah, that was or like twelve ish. Yeah, so um, I was like, okay, I can get about like two albums and probably two singles. So I didn't know anything 
about like music at all yet. I was still pretty young. I was probably yeah. like eleven and um ten or eleven. I don't know when eight oh eights came out. It was around that time. Eight oh eights came out two thousand eight. How old it's twenty twenty, so I was I was definitely either ten or above. But um I remember I saw the eight oh eights album art and I got it and I listened to that album on repeat for days. I got that <laughs> album and the funniest thing is like the contrast of my music taste was 808s and then the second album I got was Fearless by Taylor Swift <laughs> cuz I thought she was really pretty and I had a crush on her. <laughs> Dude, I love that album. Like Fearless is one of my favorite Taylor Swift albums and I honest now that I look back, I think that might have influenced my sound a little bit, but um ooh yeah, because, like, the mixing of, like, the 808-style, like, hip-hop production, but more electronic-based, and then the alternative emo-pop melodies, I think that probably made you my ear lean towards that. You know what? Like, you said emo-pop. Mm-hmm. You know what song I really liked by you that was, like, a um, a really early song? Huh. Um, wait, I got Hold on. I have it saved in my notes, but I listen to it sometimes. Was it's it not, was it that it's not out anymore, but Oh, oh okay. Royal Navy. Royal Navy. Oh, that was super, super beginning. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I that really like that song. That was that's funny. That's like um God, that song's so cringe now. I listened to it. It came on randomly the other day. I was like, Connor, what in the world <laughs> were you um, doing? I liked it. I, I'm looking at um, our messages together, and you sent me that song. Like I'm looking at Dang. all the songs you sent me, and then right after that, I sent you the beat. Distant. Yes, and oh, oh my gosh, man, that gives me so much. Yeah, I that oh, the yeah. girl in navy. For anybody listening to this podcast, I would like to put a disclaimer right before I say this: I am never putting this song out again. <laughs> so please don't ask for it. It's not. It's just embarrassing. Like my writing and my voice at the time, like I was very um I was a wannabe at the time. So like I would just do anything to be a version of myself that I wasn't. So it's just cr- cringe to me, but um The Grown Navy was like in my heart my first like quote unquote hit. It obviously wasn't a hit, but it got like a thousand plays and I thought I thought that was the coolest thing ever. On SoundCloud, it got a thousand plays. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> now I look back, I'm like, "Oh I'm my gosh!" S- I'm standing my ground. I think it was a good song. That's funny. And I think I, pr- I appreciate think it. It's a good song. I appreciate it. No, I think um, yeah, I just have a hard time coming to terms with like old music that I hear. Because <laughs> again, it was like I had such, I was such an imposter. Like I was just trying so hard to be not Connor, like anything but Connor. And it was just, but um, I like Pink too. Pink, Pink was a that, good one. By you. Okay, I listened to that the other day. I was actually I wanted to hug younger Connor for that. I, <laughs> I, I was pr- I was proud of him for like the weird, like weird choices he made on that song. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was one that's of the crazy. first songs he sent me, and I was like, "Damn, this kid's legit." Thank you. What? Oh man, I'm I'm just thinking back now of like. 
how like my work like I wouldn't say my our work style you didn't really I guess I don't know it was like you'd send me a beat and then I'd just sing on it no mixing or anything just random effects and then I'd be like all right it, it's going out tomorrow <laughs> I remember I remember I, I said to you uh it was it was one of the first time we barely knew each other and like I sent you something and it, I think you made the beat or something. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to put it out on iTunes. <laughs> and you responded. You're like, don't you think iTunes is a little much? <laughs> <laughs> was it Gucci News? Who knows? I don't know. I think it was before that. But yeah. It was funny. <laughs> that was a quick turnaround time right there. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh definitely the the embryo stages. <laughs> but um um damn, so, 24 minutes already. I know. It go I I was thinking it's going to go by fast once we start yeah. talking about like once once you get in that type of conversation where you you're not really staying on topic cuz it's just flowing seamlessly, that's when you start to like really get into the best stuff I truly mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. But, yeah, we talked about some good stuff so far. Yeah, I I was gonna kind of swing back around to um what we were talking about before we started recording, like podcasts. Yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna ask you like, do you find the internet and like podcasts and YouTube tutorials like to be your learning source right now for music? Because I like, know you went to, I know you went to school for music, so I'm wondering which which you prefer out of having both options, like school versus like just the internet. Yeah, I mean honestly, um, like they both have benefits. Mm-hmm. Like there's some, there were some classes that I took that like I'm very grateful for, like knowing that stuff, like business classes and stuff like that and there's also classes like um there's a class called electronic music and like i didn't know what to expect and we were working in logic but like i had to adapt just to be in the class and we learned i learned so many good things about like production and like how like how to make like a hit song and like all that like like defying musical expectations and like like having like a surprise element in your songs just like little production techniques that like like i still have and like i i'm they're like ingrained in my work now so like i mean you could learn that online but having like a like a like a professor to like guide you through stuff like makes it easier but overall and i think this goes for a lot of like artists and producers i think that's just who we are like we we like working on like our own time Mm -hmm. and you know not really like like in a classroom like i hate a classroom environment i hate it it's hard it's hard to stay focused it is i i I don't like it but um i'd 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 say both i don't want to like choose one or the other but i'd say like it's probably easier to learn from the internet for me. Ah, the beach. It's not just for screensavers and daydreams anymore. If you're ready for sand between your toes, the smell of the ocean, and sun on your back, now's the time to visit Ocean Isle Beach. 
The beach, accommodation, shopping, and restaurants are all open for business with your safety in mind. Visit OceanIsleStyle.com to book your Ocean Isle beach getaway today. That's OceanIsleStyle.com. My dog, man, just keeps coming in and out of my room, but I don't <laughs> think I don't think he's interfering too bad. But um, no, like I've I've always been curious of what going to school like school for music is like because I find myself in situations when I'm making a song where I can tell if I had specific knowledge, I would be able to try, I would be able to do what I want to do without like running into so many roadblocks. Like for mm-hmm. example, um, I don't even know if there's an easy like fix for this, but like one of my biggest struggles I've always had in music is like for a bridge, making the chords change to be a significant change, but making sure they aren't jarring to the ear. So like you, you, I want to do a key change, but I don't have that knowledge about like, um, like harmony and, uh, like all the different, like proper voicings for all that type of stuff. Like that's hard, dude. That's where like, you know, yeah. Like professionals, even like struggle to make that like if they're writing like a pop song they can't make it as you said like too jarring of a change or else the um the the listener like be like what the fuck like this isn't like what i expected because like when people listen to music they usually go for like like a low mixture of like surprise and a little bit and like most like like they want they want to know what's happening next you know like it makes yeah. them feel good, but they were like yeah. a little bit of a surprise. I yeah, it's like I think there's two, I guess like two main categories of like the way people listen to music. There's people who want it to be like a seamless thing, where mm-hmm. they can kind of escape and just yeah. feel good while they're listening to music. Yeah, but then there's people who are listening to music to really like indulge in it and just like of course get lost as well but they're actually so interested with how the pieces move and yeah like i think that's why like there's certain people get so obsessed with specific parts of songs yeah and i think that those specific parts are the um surprise elements that make them go like oh what the fuck like exactly i I didn't expect that but i like it you know exactly i that's such a great it's such a great feeling when I'm listening to a song and I, I, one of those happens like, mm-hmm. and, cause you're just like, Whoa, I would it like one. I don't, I love when I don't know how they did it. Like you can't tell instead. Like you oh, ever yeah. listen, you ever listen to a song and you're like, damn, I can kind of tell what they did and it makes the mystery go away. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, as a, as a producer, yeah. yeah. I don't know how like a, like a normal person listening to music would feel. Yeah, like I I don't want to sound like I'm way I've been producing for only two years, so I don't want to sound pretentious and be like, yeah, like I can tell what's coming. I know everything. <laughs> like sometimes, like when I hear again, like an instrumental, and I'm like, oh, I can kind of tell what they did. It takes away that mystery, and it's like, damn man, I'm kind of disappointed because like I mm-hmm. I don't know, I I can't explain it, but when I can't tell. Or I don't know how they did it, and the mystery's there. I'm like, wow, yeah, this is this is crazy to me. 
I think a good example, like it's kind of a mainstream example, but it would be a good one because I think a lot of people know the song uh, Gold Roses by Drake and Rick Ross. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like the vocals. I'm talking about the beat. Uh, okay. The producer Oz, he, he's a huge producer. He, produ- he produced Sicko Mode, uh, Drake's new song, Tootsie Slide, um, uh, Highest in the Room. Like He's like like an A-list producer. And yeah, he knows, he, he knows what he's doing. So like, if you listen to that song, the beginning has like a like a piano and I'm like did he make that piano and I looked it up because I just like I had to figure out like if it was a sample it is a sample but the sample sounds nothing like the beat and I'm like how did he do this like did he get the stems of this song that came out in like 1962 like how did he do this it, it like it, it blows my mind it's it's so good yeah like that I I'm glad you brought that up because that oh that that brings up a great point. Um, so you know how on Twitter you'll see people arguing about like it's either everybody's like fuck loops or they're like like or people are, get pissed off at the people that say fuck loops because they're like you just don't know how to make a beat fast or whatever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And like I've always. I've never had the opportunity to say my stance on it because people for like my music, I used to use loops like when I first started yeah. two years ago and I strayed away from using loops, not because I have anything against them or like sampling, but it's like, um, for me, the reason I stopped using loops is because I wanted to force myself to learn how to make it from scratch so then you have more resources but Mm -hmm. then like there's examples you say like of what he did to that sample where it points out like that's what i think you're supposed to be doing like if you're using a sample or a loop i think it's super admirable when you can turn it into a whole new thing because you're almost putting in the same amount of effort you would as if you're playing an instrument or like programming something Mm -hmm. I mean, as like uh, Madlib says, like you can turn any any sample into something good, you know, like anything. Yeah. You can turn literally anything into into something that is like enjoyable, you know. Like it doesn't matter what it is. So that that's like that's the beauty of sampling. But I get what you're saying. I I I haven't really sampled much recently either because I'm trying to work on. Like, you know, doing everything from scratch, like you said, yeah. like more resources. Um, but yeah, sampling a, is a good tool for producers. Exactly. Like, because when, when people ask me, like, why I don't use loops, I don't want, like, I've, I kind of feel like there's this pre-assumption that people, for people that don't use loops, they assume people that don't use them are like, oh, it's because I'm like, I want to be like you're not creative if you don't use loops but that like that's not at least that's not my stance at all like i think as we're saying if you use loops and you turn them into something crazy and you really manipulate like you have to have musical knowledge if it sounds good it sounds good you know like there's no way around it like you can make something from scratch it sounds like garbage you can use a loop it sounds like garbage like but if it sounds good it sounds good you know yeah I, i used to think the same thing but i don't know i think like for me, the thing that matters the most when I'm making music 
is like, how can I get this to sound like I give a shit? Like, I care so much about music and I hope it shows like one day. I hope it shows because as as like learning to produce for the past two years. You just you you like you look back on your old stuff, you're like, damn, that kind of sucked. But at the time, you're so passionate about it, you didn't yeah. hear it. But like, I hope it becomes a stage one day where I'm putting so much love into this thing because I love it so much that you can just hear that because that I think that's why I stop like stop using loops is I'm like, this doesn't make it sound like I'm nurturing it and like giving it my heart. Like if I'm I want to give it my heart so I have to force myself to do these things and even if it makes the song sound worse because I don't know what I'm doing like yeah um, there would be times I'd find a drum loop and it would be so cool like the drums would be insanely good and then I'd be like okay but I can't use that cuz I need to challenge myself and my drums would be yeah. ass they'd be terrible <laughs> but I'd it just be like enough. yeah it's it's just like but it's like me being genuine and that's my biggest goal all the time with music since I like probably yeah two years ago since two years ago it's just like how can I be the most genuine and like give this the love it deserves did the pizza man come again it just got super deep and now I think Kevin's got pizza <laughs> no I sorry I had to answer a phone call <laughs> we're getting so many interruptions dude i know it's 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 like right when we start the world's like all right let's interrupt this i know it. usually no one's fucking with me and then all of a sudden well, i gotta do yeah. something yeah. oh wow damn um do you I'm trying to think of like another question i've always had for you personally because there's always stuff i want to ask people but I never know the proper setting like to really show them that mm -hmm. I'm genuine when I'm asking. But um oh, here's a good one that I've always wanted to ask you. What was like a moment? You don't have to say the specifics of who it was with or what if you don't want to, but like what was a moment when you produced a song for someone that you felt like overwhelmingly happy and emotional? Um I would have to say, uh, I'll say the name too. His name's Arif. And okay. I didn't even know we even did the song together until I found out it had like over a million plays on, on SoundCloud. Someone just sent it to me and be like, yo, this is your beat? I'm like, it is? And then I listened to it and like I was like blown away by the song. And I was like, wow, like this guy's pretty good. And it turns out like what made it like, you know meaningful for me is that he, that was his first song ever mm -hmm. and he chose like my beat and i was like wow like that's great and it it's doing really well like it has like uh six million streams on spotify and uh I, like i always see people posting it on their story and i just genuinely like the song and i'd like i had that like that beat that he sang over was like one of my favorite beats so yeah i'd probably have to say that it's definitely like the top moment for me. Yeah, that I, I could. That's I could see. Oh my, I can't imagine that feeling. Like, cause, um, I didn't recently start trying to branch out and produce for other people, 
I mean, I I said that totally wrong. Until recently, I haven't branched out and started trying to produce for people. So I can't imagine if someone approached me and was like, hey, man, I was wondering if um, you'd want to work together. And then I made them something. And then I found out it was their first time ever doing it and that yeah. they went to my instrumental and like my palette for that first time. Because that's a memory they'll always have. Yeah. No, that's super special. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Um, what? Okay, then to flip sides, like, what's your, what's one thing that like consistently is hard for you, like as a, like in the music thing, like what's one thing you always find yourself having a hard time coming to terms with? Um, damn, like I can say a lot of things, honestly. Yeah, um, me too. So, so I upload beats to YouTube for, mm-hmm. I mean, because it's also just like, like, you know, sometimes I don't know who to send this to. And I just, you know, send it to someone like to YouTube because maybe someone yeah. will find use of it. But like, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's two different modes when you're working in YouTube versus you're working with an artist versus you're just trying to, or three, sorry. Versus like when you're just trying to make something like unique and special for yourself. So like I find it hard to switch modes a lot because like sometimes I'm just making stuff just so, you know, it gets a lot of views and like, you know, people are attracted to it. Like basically just like the fast food of beats. And then like I try to like transition to like I'm working with this artist and then like I ended up. I end up selling beats like that and like they find it cool but like you know they want something different and um it's it's hard to like switch that on and off because i don't want to quit like uploading to youtube i don't see the point you know no and that's also like that for you is your business right now at least like i feel like that's whether it was a plan or not became its own business in a way and I don't want to call it business as in like taking away from the musical aspect of it. But like, I feel like that's at least got to at least have some pressure on you because that I feel like that would be a good way that you've maybe gotten into better financial situations because of leasing. and Yeah, stuff. yeah. Like it, it like a lot of producers do this, you know, like I mean, mm-hmm. the biggest producers like right now like nick mirror you know you you know him right oh yeah um he started out i don't think uh on youtube but he he uploaded beats the beat stars and started out there and they understand like they i see him talking about on twitter all the time like they understand like that's where that's where you usually start you know like that that's where you can make money and like it's working for you it's working you know like there's some producers on YouTube that are probably making like well over six figures. I mean, definitely, you know, like they're making a lot of money off of what they're just posting. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, um, I'll just think like, I'll think about because we come from two different spectrums of like the production thing, because again, you're way more experienced and into it before me, before, like I'm very new to it, at least for producing for other people. And like when I produce for people, 
it's just like they reach out to me and are like, hey, I was wondering if you'd want to work because they found my music. And, mm-hmm. um, but like, oh gosh, what was my main point here? Oh, I was talking about the two different spectrums. And, um, but I was taking a look at like your side and I was just kind of on YouTube browsing through all the like main producers I've seen on YouTube. And I was thinking about it and I was like, I can't imagine how much money these guys are making with all these leases. Cause it's, it's not the same. It's, it's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, say for me, if I give someone a beat, like that's a one of one thing mm-hmm. but for youtube leasing isn't it basically until people buy the exclusive rights that a certain amount of people can get the same beat and they yeah. pay for the lease mm-hmm. so if they lease it and someone buys the exclusive rights like and that person wants to monetize it on youtube they have the right to demonetize that other person they don't have to delete their song wow but- um what i do to just make it simple i have an unlimited lease which is just like you can do whatever you want to it but like it could be bought exclusively and they they have the power over you and then everything else is non-profit and i usually okay. have people buy like a premium lease which is just the tagless way for non-profit and then they record a demo over it post it on soundcloud like you know get everything situated and then they buy an unlimited lease when they're ready because there's no way to tell when mm-hmm. someone hits 2,500 sales, you know? Like, there's no way for any, like, that's bullshit. Like, if that's in anyone's contract, it's bullshit. There's no way to tell. So Unless, I, yeah, sorry, well, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's I know. What, what, what were you going to say? I was going to say, unless they're, like, super, super, like, good at that stuff, and they're, like, all signed up with, like, BMI, ASCAP, and they have it all registered. Usually not documented. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, a lot, um, producing on YouTube, like a lot of people hate on it. Everyone thinks it's a, like, you know, a cheap thing to do, but hey, no, a lot I, of kids are making money. Like I respect it, still, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, I can't, cause I know I've, I've reached out to you a couple times because there's been times where I'm like, you know, maybe. Maybe I'll give it a shot, but then I'll just realize that's that's like not the artist. I, like I cannot crank out beats left and right. Like it's I hard, have, dude. It's it's ridiculous, and that's why I respect it so much. Is because I'll look at these guys' profiles and yours, and just see how many. I'm like, oh my gosh, man. Let let me tell you about a struggle. Hmm. So I've I'm not where like I like my YouTube channel. Like I'll be honest, is not it's not going up in numbers every week. It's it's going down sometimes. Like, I don't know. It's not stable. And I know it's because I'm not consistent with what I upload. I'll, I'll upload like a, a Steve Lacey beat. Then I'll upload like a Travis Scott beat. Those are two different realms. Oh, you know? So like, yeah. everyone's like, like, what the fuck? Like, you're not going to stick to this. You're not going to stick to that. Like both sides. So it, when there's no consistency, it um, drives people away. But what I thought was, all right, maybe if I'm just consistent with my uploads, then mm-hmm. everything will be good. I was consistent with my uploads for seven months, and my views went down. Wow. And it was hard. I uploaded three times a week, which I think is a lot. That I and, can't imagine. 
and at the end of the day, what I realized is it's it's it wasn't the fact that I was uploading different artists. It was it was a it was a quality thing, you know. Like the beats I was uploading, they were good, but um, they weren't they weren't like something that would blow your mind, you know. Like the biggest beats on YouTube were the ones that like you know I went above and beyond on, and I I made something like completely different, like kind of in like the mode if I was working with like a one on one with an artist. But mm-hmm. like in my head, it's like oh, I just have to. I just have to um, make something that kind of sounds like the mainstream, whatever. Yeah. And it just it doesn't work. So um, the biggest thing for YouTube is like uploading something that's literally top notch because there's so many people uploading beats. So many. If you type in if you type in type beat on YouTube and go recent, like just keep refreshing it'll upload like there's more uploads every second like there's beats getting pumped out every second so it's you have to do stuff to stand out it it's become i because i remember i was part of the type beat wave for a long time before i started teaching myself to produce and the amount of videos you could find was ridiculous i can't imagine because it Everything with the internet gets bigger and broader by the day. So, like, I can't imagine now. But, um, like, what you were saying about how it's, like, a the quality matters. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's always this, like, misconception about producers. I mean, there's definitely producers out there that can crank out, like, super good beats just back to back to back and, like, make five a day. There are, I know there's ones out there, but like, for example, when people reach out to me, I get super nervous because I don't like, I'll, I'll tell them like, I'm going to send you like six beats. So you have variety to choose from. Yeah. But it'll take me a long time to make those sixes because like, I'm trying to get the best things there and like. I don't think people talk about like all the stuff that goes into producing. Like you have to be decent at mixing to get the beat to sound good before you send it. So it's at least at the quality where someone can record on it. And like you have to know a little bit about mastering to at least get it. You know, um, I've I don't heard know mixed to, things about that. It, yeah, it's it's just like I've noticed personally the beats that have gotten used like that I've sent were from when the mix was better and like the beat just sounded like it just sounded like, as you're saying, like top quality, everything was top quality. Like the mixing was better. The beat had, it wasn't just like three layers. It was like maybe three layers, but it had different pieces throughout the song. So like when the artist gets it, it's already its own little world instead of just like, here's a little tiny idea because mm-hmm. I used to do that. I used to think that way. I used to be like, maybe if I just give them like a small idea, they'll get inspired and then we can change it up as we go. And then I had to realize I'm like, there's some artists that are super down for that. That's like, it, like that's how I work on songs is I, when I make the instrumental, it's super bare bones and I have to record the 
vocals first on the bare bones part because I can't write to something that's super. Yeah. But um, there's some artists out there that need to have the whole idea there because it they need that inspiration. And I had to learn that. And that's what made me respect like these YouTube producers because I'll listen to their stuff and it it's so fleshed out and finished. And they make so many. The um, there's these two um, lo-fi producers that I follow on YouTube, and they upload every day, at the same exact time. Every day, and I click on their beats like from time to time. I'm like, damn, like, like they literally don't miss, like, <laughs> you know, like they're they're good. It's ridiculous. I mean, they're just beats, but like, you, you know what I'm saying, like. It takes time still. It's crazy how how they can be that consistent. So if there's anyone listening to this and wants and wants to start uploading to YouTube, do type beats, my my best advice is to not worry about the quantity, but definitely the quality. And another thing I didn't mention before is timing. So if an if a big artist just dropped an album, like like Gunna, you know, he dropped an album last night. It probably it would probably be smart to upload like a gunna type beat to YouTube, mm-hmm. and also if you're just starting out, make them free, you know, because like then you build some credibility and people go back to you because you know you you have quality beats and like they can benefit from it because they don't have to pay like fifty bucks yet. And that right there is the golden key, but. <laughs> All jokes aside, I guess I'll have one last question to wrap it up. And this is like a super nerdy specific thing. Hopefully, remember we were doing thirty minutes max. Yeah, right. I before me and Kevin called. Um, I was like, yeah, like Max will probably do thirty minutes. I can't imagine like what we would do, like what we'd talk about. But here we are at fifty-two minutes. But um, hopefully, there's some like actual musicians listening to this that are into this stuff because i'm personally a huge music nerd like huge nerd like i'm super detail oriented i need the breakdown of everything but um i was gonna ask you like what's your favorite plugin right now favorite plugin yeah um hmm Uh, let me think. I'd have to say Keyscape. Keyscape? Because, um, actually, no. I'm going to say um, Evolution Jazz Archtop. It's a, um, it's a jazz guitar that you can put in contact. And... Oh, I, 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 um... I know evolution, like all those. I have evolution mm-hmm. strawberry. I want to get that one. But yeah, that's my favorite plugin right now. I, I use that guitar for so much, and it, I, the presets are amazing. You can do so much. You can like do all these little details with the guitar. It's mm-hmm. great. No, it's it's super cool. Like um, like uh, I this is an ego thing for me. Like I this is definitely an ego thing. Like I have to have real instruments now like i can't no let me put it this for specifics like guitar i have to get guitar recorded now 
or else my ear will go crazy or like mm-hmm. or like horns and stuff. I have to get them live recorded. Like it's it's definitely an ego thing. But um I was going to say like what I do with the reason I love like the evolution stuff and um I like ample guitar too. I don't know ample sound, I believe. It's also a guitar thing. The free plugin, use, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I use those and I programmed the guitar because I'm not very musically savvy with the language. So when I reach out to like have someone play the guitar, I just send them what I want played of like I put it in. I program it on like Evolution Strawberry or something or mm-hmm. Ample. And then they can hear it and know exactly what I'm talking about and they'll lay it down and it helps out a ton. I love them. I like I'm super pumped you actually brought that up. Yeah, I want to I want to eventually buy all their guitars because they're so good mm-hmm. i um i think uh i'm, I'm pretty positive they have a bass plug-in right it's like modeled after uh blah, they blah, probably blah. do yeah i use trillion though trillion's a good bass plug-in i just use um like if i'm going for like a live sound i use um just the rick and Rickenbacker, Rickenbacker. I'm so sorry for anybody out there. That's, <laughs> like it's Rickenbacker, right? I'm not it's sure. A, I know it's a classic bass sound. So anybody out there that plays bass, I'd just like to say I'm so sorry. But um, that like it's just a contact one. Um, but it sounds super good if you put it on the right settings. Um, it's uh, no lie. It it's it's no it's no real bass, but like it's the best thing I've found out of the things I've tried. Um no. Other than that, I I think this the first podcast was successful. I, I think Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Thank you for doing this. Um for all the people listening. I'm I I highly doubt there will be a mass volume of people listening, but <laughs> For anybody that listened, I want to say thank you for making it to 56 minutes of me rambling. I tend to ramble a lot and get off topic. Um, And yeah, this is Wonderlust. Um, Go check them out. Is there anything you want to put your social media on this? Uh, I I mean, I'll tag you, but shout it out. I don't know. Some people might just Wonderlust Beats. (laughs) Wonderlust Beats. Yeah, no, no okay. <laughs> Sweet, and that's a wrap. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.
The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.